Cons if you manage to get some earbuds in. Welcome, folks, to the end. Uh, Wonder Yards for your animals rereading and eventual rewatching needs. I'm Blair. And I'm Seda. You were so close. I almost did it, and then I forgot the name of our fucking show. <laughs> it's always the things you don't expect to trip on. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Sarah is sending this one out. But that's okay because we have three hosts in this one, so it's like super easy to like do episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I um we were all really blessed that I'm sitting far away from my amp right now because I just bought a loop pedal. Um, oh yes, that's right. And so I just want to loop everything, and so it's like basically by the grace of God and the fact that I didn't want to move my laptop three feet that I, this entire podcast isn't just going to be an experiment in me looping my own voice <laughs> and slowly letting that build. Uh-huh. Over the course of the entire episode, uh, it very well could have been, and none of you, you don't, you don't live close to me, so you couldn't physically stop me from doing it. I, well, I own the server we're in right now, so right. I could just kick you if I wanted to. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't because I appreciate art. Yeah. But. Yeah, absolutely. I have the power. Yeah. It's always good to know. You gotta keep me in check somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's gotta. Someone's gotta. <laughs> Certainly not Gerald. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was so loud. <laughs> You're funny, buddy. <laughs> Did you know that was very good comedic timing? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, I'm nearly in tears and we've just started. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it's always good to have a good old Blada episode. He's always go really well. Super normal. <laughs> really smooth. Yep. Yep. Especially with this book, which was like... So crazy. Feelings and so nuts. So bonkers. <laughs> yeah, we read book 23. Three, yeah. Um, I almost skipped this one by accident and started book 24, but I'm glad I didn't. Thank- <laughs> God, you saw the cover for book 24 and felt like commenting on it on Twitter <laughs> so that Sarah could swoop in and be like, uh, Blair. <laughs> right. By the grace of God and my... Yet again. <laughs> and the disease that makes it impossible for me to stop tweeting. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah. Uh, crisis averted. Mm-hmm. I probably would have connected the dots, maybe, if they mentioned things that happened. But I think at that point... I would have been probably at least halfway into the book. And, you know, I'm kind of committed at that point, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm this far, you know? Yeah. Um, also, it takes me, like, five hours to read these because I have the literacy of, like, a 12-year-old. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've had know. to start doing the, like, um, sort of millennial discipline thing of, like, leaving my home when I read them. Like, oh, I read sure. the last one at the library, and I went to caf- to a cafe to read this one because in public, I feel like I have a sense of accountability for because I don't want people to look over and I'm just, like, dicking around on my phone when I should be doing something else. As Basically, I'm using my own narcissism as a way to keep myself, like, in line because I'm like, everyone's going to see that I'm, like, not focused and they're going to judge me and I can't have that. And it's like, no one fucking notices what you're doing at a cafe, you, like, raging narcissist. But you know what? It works. I keep focused. It's fine. Well, I used to do that when I was in college. Like, I would go to the library to do all my homework and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But what I ended up doing is just, like, watching YouTube videos, but angling the laptop away from anyone who could possibly see me. <laughs> Perfect. 
<laughs> so, um... At least that gives you a healthy dose of shame. <laughs> uh, yes, it certainly does. Um, so uh, we read book 23, uh, The Pretender, which was our first Tobias book and a grip, I'm pretty sure. Right? It feels like it's been a while. Yeah. At least the, oh, it's at least been a while since Tobias has been on the cover. And I think this is the first time we've seen one animal transform into another animal on the cover. That was my first thought. Yeah. Um, uh, I really don't remember. Because it, is it possible that this is his first book since? No, we had one where he turned into a boy, right? Yeah. But, but that's not an animal into another animal, technically. No. Well, it is, technically. But not, but... not in the... <laughs> Not for our working definitions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, one non- Which actually is, is great because that gets discussed a lot in this book. Yeah. I really, really like this cover. Like the transformation from a uh, hawk to rabbit is really um, cute the whole way through. Mm-hmm. They all look really good. And then you just sort of have the specter of Tobias lurking in the background in a ghostly form. Yeah. <laughs> This book is weird. <laughs> it is very, very so, weird. So we open on uh, Tobias in his meadow um, after he wax, waxes poetic about how he's not human and how, like, a name tells you very... <laughs> he's so dramatic. I love- he's so... I love him so much. Like, I, I think that half of my notes are just, I love him. <laughs> um, but it's truly... Yeah, it just opens on him, like, already in prime angst material like immediately and like yeah and you know he's like writing like a like a super like angsty like memoir in his head at all times <laughs> right like he has uh-huh. to be um so uh it, that's just kind of the vibe i got from this like first chapter at least um <laughs> yeah he essentially another hawk is moving in on his territory and he starts to be like well i'm going to have to fight this hawk eventually and technically, I don't have to starve, but I don't know. I've just decided to starve because there isn't enough prey, and we are going to have to fight this hawk, blah, blah, blah. And then he nearly dies from a rabbit, which is, like, by far the least dangerous enemy that has nearly killed any of them yet. <laughs> like, he goes to attack a rabbit, and it kicks him real hard, and he blacks out for a second. And I just imagine if that's how Tobias died, just, like, kicked by bunny rabbit. Insane, <laughs> but also... You know, um, yeah, and we also very quickly learn that he's essentially he's having visions of being the prey whenever he attacks yeah. them, which seems like really on the nose insofar as symbolism. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, a, it's I know it's a book for children, but you know it a little on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, uh, and then he like talks about how he's like, "Am I crazy?" Like, am I just in a, like, a holding cell somewhere? Like, do, and I was like, yeah. no, I'm probably, you're probably just, oh like, a, a red-tailed hawk, and I think that's fine. Yeah. That's okay. You're, you're allowed to be a bird to fuck <laughs> Um, yeah, I, it's, oh, God, I can only imagine that people really clamped onto that in the way that people tend to be like, what if it was all yeah. a dream? Oh, for Whoa. sure. Which is, like... My least Buffy did it too. Buffy has an episode. It's actually a pretty good episode of where um, Buffy believes that she is in an asylum in a psychiatric facility, um, 
and there are definitely still people who are like but what if that episode was the real one it's like do you guys like fiction or do you not like <laughs> I what, know <laughs> why are you engaging with this fake this fictional television show if what you want is for it to just be the dream of a person like what are you doing <laughs> yeah I super I've never ever understood that impulse and never understood why it's so popular you know like it seems like almost everything has that the- has that theory in some form attached to it yeah um, I guess it's it's just like edginess 101 like it's the easiest way to be like but what if they're crazy but, it's, but it like totally it's like, strips what? all the fun away from the situation you know like yeah how am I supposed to write a self-insert fan character if they were just crazy <laughs> all the time you know what I mean <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> No, I totally agree. I don't understand the impulse at all. Yeah. Um, at all. Yeah, not... Um, yeah. And, yeah, he basically is just can't kill a thing and goes and eats a raccoon that's Yeah, roadkill. he eats roadkill and then Rachel sees him and he's like, oh no, my yeah. crush saw me eating roadkill, which is the funniest <laughs> fucking thing ever. Um, Who among us? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> No, it's okay. So they keep talking about the roadkill throughout the book, and every time it's you get just, even in like really dramatic moments, it's just funnier and funnier. I know. Um, at one point later, they're like Rachel and Tobias have to team up, and Tobias is like, "I was hesitant about partnering partnering up with Rachel since she saw me eat roadkill." <laughs> <laughs> it's like really supposed to be like a dramatic moment, but it's really hard to take seriously. <laughs> Because you're talking about eating roadkill. <laughs> uh. oh, Tobias says some like really like crazy shit in this book. Um, yeah, that and I smiled with my human lips. Are my I, smil- <laughs> I know. I mean, at the end, there's there's gonna be some stuff, but it's it's really like it's very similar to Axe talking about how he is in a human body, mm-hmm. which is gonna end up making sense at the end of this mm-hmm. book in a way. It. F- one of the weirdest reveals we've had yet. <laughs> totally, um, totally bizarre. I, like, I don't even know if I'm like, there's like no reason. Okay, we'll get there, I guess. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's so like basically after after Tobias saw Rachel seeing he him wrote. eat roadkill, he avoids her for a couple days. Um, and then he really has uh, roadkill on his face, you know? Yeah, right. So embarrassed. <laughs> Um, and when he goes to meet her, he says, oh, she left the window open like she often does. Sometimes I'd go in and just do her homework for her. He doesn't say do like work on her homework with her. He says, I'd go and do her homework for her, <laughs> which is like Tobias. Is he just like okay, the then. homework fairy? You know, like I guess so. Um, Rachel loses a tooth and um, there's a completed like essay about the Civil War <laughs> underneath her like, pillow. And a dead mouse. And a dead mouse. <laughs> yep isn't it fun dating a hawk (laughs) it's so fun dating a hawk but essentially rachel's like tobias people have been asking about you um you're like dad's lawyer and your mysterious artsy cousin who's a photographer of animals just came back from africa and learned that you're missing and they want to talk to you and it's tough this entire book uh with Tobias basically he he sort of rehashes a little bit more of his like original family life like he says both of my parents are apparently dead my aunt and uncle didn't care about me 
and then he gets this hope of a family put in front of him and it's it's hard the whole time not only because because here's the thing i knew that it probably wouldn't end well but i didn't know if it was going to be tobias making the choice to not be with his family so that he could keep up with his duties or if something else would happen and so the like moral quandaries and like emotional processing that Tobias is going through for this whole book really hit hard because mm-hmm. I genuinely didn't know it like what choice he was going to have to make. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, um, and it's really good. This, yeah, this A plot, I guess, is like a thousand times more interesting than the D plot, uh, which I kind of just had to like drag my body through. Like <laughs> I like the hork figures, but they're like, it's like, man, but I want to know about like this lawyer and shit, you know? Yeah. Like what's going on with this situation? Yeah. Um, he basically he morphs to human to go meet with this lawyer and i really love the description of this morph because i love that it's treated very similarly to the like morphs to any other animal like he's like my perfect little claws became weird chubby toes (laughs) it's like yeah humans bodies are weird yeah right (laughs) um yeah i like i said i always skip uh the morphs yeah but i did catch like glimpses of this one and i'm kind of like was extra like i don't want to read this because it's (laughs) like there's something so uncanny about reading like an in-depth description of turning from an animal back into a human that i was like i just like didn't want to think about my bones and my body you know yeah no (laughs) incredibly valid um it was one of the i was just in the mood where i was like i'm gonna put my whole face into this yes it was great. And he meets with the lawyer and the lawyer is basically like, so your dad, the guy who you thought was your dad might not have been your real dad. We have this document that was is supposed to be read to you. So, okay, first of all, <laughs> this clause in this will is crazy mm-hmm. because how it's put is that Tobias's real father wrote a letter to Tobias to be read on the birthday after the father dies yeah which um why why the birthday uh what if he died the day before or after tobias's birthday Uh uh-huh i realize this is a really stupid thing to get hung up but it's like a really stupid considering who it is yeah no (laughs) but it's just one of those things where i was like why why magic thought reasons because it's like Oh, why, yeah. why are we just learn- now learning about this, I think, is what it's trying to explain, you know? Right. I Yeah, that's true. And But thinking about that, part of the plot hook here is that the lawyer Tobias is talking to inherited this this will and fi- like inherited these files from his father who had just mm-hmm. passed or who had passed at some point. And so I feel like they could have been like, my father was a messy son of a bitch and this file had been lost and we just recovered it. I don't know. It's such a minor thing, but it's just one of those things that just kept like nagging at me. Like, why, why was this possible? Um, I think they're just trust. I think Caplegate just trusts that children aren't going to think about it very hard. And she's probably right. Well, You're a grown adult. Right. <laughs> and I also think a lot more about Wills than other people. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And Tobias is like, what, I don't know when my birthday is, but he can't say that because that would be suspicious. And then he leaves, and all of his friends are sort of scattered about. I really love. It gives me such little like. 
found family teammate heart feelings whenever all of the gang is like keeping watch for somebody else and having to all pretend that they don't know each other and they're all like right. hanging out right and so <clears throat> tobias basically leaves and he points out something he sees like axe is hanging out with uh jake and marco i think and he says that axe's face is smeared with what i can only hope is chocolate and it's like axe axe <laughs> He's just a little boy. He's truly just a little boy. <laughs> um, there will be, there are several times throughout this book where something happens and then we get about a full chapter of Tobias going back to angsting. <laughs> Which, He's like the like, most clinical depression character I, I think there is. No. It's so, and he's so trauma baby, like yeah. so, so bad. Absolutely. Like immediately here, he's like, oh, so I have this mysterious cousin who maybe wants to take me in. Um, well, family either could mean safety, but it probably means murder. So that's family. That's my definition of family. Maybe safety, but probably death. And it's like, oh, yeah. bud, bud. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> guy, my yeah. guy. <laughs> rough it is very rough um so instead of like talking with anybody he like yeah just immediately like birds away um, <laughs> um uh cassie and jake and more like find him but like don't bother him at all mm -hmm. um so uh and then he goes into like the valley where the the free horkbajir are kept yeah um, this this i thought was really cute because i don't think that we've learned before like we knew that the two Hork-Bajir that they rescued ended up here. Mm -hmm. But I think this is the first we learned that they're, like, forming a little Hork-Bajir colony. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really interesting, just showing that, like, yeah, shit goes on where the Animorphs aren't. Right. Like, they got their own stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Just world building, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's awesome. I love it. Um, and then there's a, there's a, a little Hork-Bajir named Toby, named after oh. Tobias. Uh, and I, it's very cute. Who is like a seer, mm -hmm. I guess, which means like, like I guess just like the typical version of what a seer is, which you know. Yeah, like, she's like mildly psychic. Yeah, she can like kind of um, see the future or whatever. Um, she foretold uh, Tobias's like coming visit. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm like really. I don't think I have much to say about it, but I'm really interested. I, I think I wrote the, this note down way later, but I'm interested in the introduction of the seer to the Hork-Bajir lore um, because I guess that it's it's technically like giving the Hork-Bajir a voice, which becomes important, like sort of as we learn more about them, pr like protecting themselves and having their own motivations. But it was also it felt oh, I don't know if it's fair to call it a cop out. Like, Capplegate was like, I don't know how to make this less intelligent species be able to advocate for their own rights, so I'm going to give them somebody of their own species who has, like, human intelligence. Right. Um, which I don't know, I don't even, I don't even have, like, a full point, and I'm still kind of, like, figuring out no, how I feel about right, that. Right, no, I, but I totally, like, get it, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting and I, mm -hmm. I i i think what i would have liked more is if I, I like the whole seer thing i think it's an interesting aspect of them as a thing but if mm -hmm. they just kind of 
they could be still be smart but still have like simple grasps on language is the thing you know totally like yeah. which it se- more seems to be the whole like they don't get the same like nuances in human speech which is fine because they're aliens yeah, <laughs> yeah. um they i don't know they the thing is they seem to be plenty intelligent yeah but they're like but like the the text is like but they're not. And I'm like, but they seem to do fine. <laughs> it's and Irene I don't the know. The one thing that I liked about this and why I didn't get too hung up on it is that Toby is just a really cool character. Yeah. Um like she's this she's a kid, but she's like uh she she because she's the voice for basically her entire species gets to have a lot of like interesting conversations about like the nature of humanity and the nature of like the hork bajir existing on this planet knowing that they have an end like the, the hork bajir and humanity have an enemy in common to defeat but when they defeat that enemy the hork bajir cannot rely on humanity to not also want to destroy them right which is really cool and there's this great moment where Tobias is like a little pissed because he's like what you don't trust humans and Toby's just like dude really and Tobias is like fair enough yeah definitely okay not yeah uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> and he specifically is like yep I guess the valley we're in probably had like indigenous peoples living here and now there isn't uh so yep humans definitely don't have a great track record okay Yep, fair enough. Bye, I'm going to try and rescue this kid. <laughs> yeah, so there is a kid missing yes. um, named Beck, uh, who uh, they, like, suspect. Well, there's, like, this whole, like, yerk pool compound like thing. Like a, a facility of some kind with a big yeah. old weapon. Yeah, this is, like, a this is like a B-plot, kind of. Like, it doesn't, mm-hmm. the details don't super matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, like, this, this kid is, like, there, probably. Yeah, or, like, left to do it. There's just some sort of re- relation there. So um, Tobias goes do- goes and does some reconnaissance with the uh, the rest of the Animorphs. Um, and, uh, well, after having, like, some angst about uh, <laughs> not being able to hunt, like... Yeah. Yeah. I also, that seems... It's like every other chapter. <laughs> it really is. It's constant. And it's, like, understandable. And it changed... He, like, has enough change in his introspection that it doesn't get, like boring to read but i think it would be boring to talk about yeah exactly um i have to say i love how tobias describes other characters um i don't think that there's a distinct like a wildly distinct um writing style difference between every narrator which makes sense because that would be probably really annoying to write Mm -hmm. but their characters are distinct enough that the way they describe other that the way they describe things is really distinct which i think is cool Mm -hmm. Um, and I especially love how Tobias thinks about Marco. Like, when he's talking to the hork he's like, yeah, they're not super clever, and I think to- Marco would only be able to hang out with them for about two minutes before running off screaming to find somebody who would laugh at his jokes. And then when he brings all of this information, like, hey, gang, there's a shit ton going on. Here are the A, B, and C plots. They're all fo- focused around me this time. Sorry. <laughs> Marco just, like, starts ranting, and Tobias describes him as enjoying the sound of his own outrage. Uh-huh. Which is very funny. <laughs> and I just love, I love, there's a lot of, as always, good Marco-Rachel friendship moments. Mm-hmm. Because Rachel's like, 
yeah, Marco, I don't know. You're going to have to figure out which girl to annoy next. And Marco's like, I always know which girl to annoy next. And like snuggles her and she like shoves him. <laughs> I love them so much. So happy. Um, it's so good. Also, <laughs> and speaking of like Tobias describing characters, the way that he talks about Rachel is so funny because so funny because he's like the most beautiful girl in the world etc etc ad nauseum um yeah and it's like okay buddy like like dial it back and it gets especially like because the first thing when tobias and rachel are paired up to start all of their missions and stuff she morphs into an eagle and he takes like three paragraphs to be like listen Rachel is gorgeous, the most beautiful woman in the world. She's probably always going to be super beautiful. But let me just tell you, she's even more beautiful when she's turning into a bird. Not because I want to fuck the eagle, because it's an eagle and hawks and eagles can't procreate. Also, the eagle's a dude. But anyway, uh, yeah, Rachel, very good looking, but especially with feathers. Anyway, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, what's up? Settle bud? down. <laughs> Settle down. Um, yeah. Oh my god, no, it's so funny. It is like, and it's like, nothing, like, I mean, obviously he's like, she's really nice and super brave, and that's awesome, but it's like, but she's really like, like, we have to remember that she's super physically attractive, and I'm like, okay, Tobias, Uh uh, do you have something you want to tell the class? Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's honestly like, Every single one of them except Jake seems to have some sort of crush on Rachel. I, <laughs> I think the only one who doesn't constantly call her beautiful is Marco. Yeah. Marco's like, yeah, she's like, I don't know. People say she's cute and like she has good clothes. Uh, so have we talked about Axe's human form? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, oh, buddy. Yeah, I love oh, Marco. I love reading his books so much. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm so glad that we get so much Rachel and Tobias action again in this book Mm -hmm. because they are so nuts together (laughs) in the best way. Basically, they go to, like, scope out this mysterious cousin who has appeared out of nowhere to uh, watch her in her hotel room. And there's a lot of great banter between the two of them, which is very sweet. Um, But ultimately... What happens is the cousin leaves to, and she gets into a cab, and they can't keep up with her in their bird forms. So they like stunt on a cop car. Mm-hmm. And I was literally like, I wrote down only Tobias and Rachel would ever cause this silhouette of like a hawk and an eagle just clasped onto the top of I mean, a cop car while it's blaring down it's the street. It's because they, uh, well, it's, <laughs> it's for a lot of reasons. Like, I feel like Tobias has become so much, so much more of a thrill seeker after he's like, done the whole hawk thing um which is great but like and then rachel just has this sort of like who gives a fuck i just like need to do this thing sort of thing in her blood and it's just like that combination it's uh it's so much more like it we get something similar with rachel and x but it's way more fatalistic with those two Mm -hmm. um with these two it's just like we're just gonna do something really stupid (laughs) just because yep Like, I feel like almost any other pairing, either one of them would get left behind or they'd at least separate and go on different cars or something. Mm -hmm. Or if Marco were involved, he'd, like, miss and fall into the cop car or something, you know? But because it's the two of them, because it's Rachel and Tobias, we're treated to two huge birds fucking riding a cop car. What would you do if you saw this? 
because like, I... <laughs> like right <laughs> i mean i would like fumble for my phone and then drop it yeah right yes absolutely <laughs> and then and then the fucking sirens go on and mm-hmm. it, like the car speeds away and they are like clinging to this car that is like um like rocketing through traffic like mm-hmm. on a chase or whatever and there's helicopters up above and Tobias is like I'm gonna do a thing um because <laughs> they were so going because they end up going in the opposite direction of uh where his cousin is going um and uh he he like like I didn't like get all the details because a lot of stuff was happening but basically he like grapples onto the helicopter mm-hmm. I think and like Rachel doesn't. She, like, misses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, she's like, yeah, but, like, your cousin is, like, right over here, so you kind of did all of that for nothing. Yeah. But it looked cool, and uh, Tobias is, like, a little grumpy about it. I love this because Tobias is like, shit, I just pulled off a wild stunt. Oh, I didn't need to do it. And then he's, like, embarrassed because it, then it seems overdramatic. But Rachel, I think, to, like, uh, right in the aftermath says, and then I think at least one other time, maybe twice – she out of nowhere is like, that was dope as shit, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. Like he's like, I love. It's so good. He's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't need to grab onto the helicopter. It was stupid. And Rachel's like, no way, man. It was awesome. <laughs> Just perfect. Mm-hmm. This was the moment where I wrote down that there's like, is still something distinctly to bias in the narration because when Rachel's like, hey, your cousin's here, that worked out. Tobias describes looking over and says that the cab was disgorging Aria. Like, that uses disgorging as a way to say that she's getting out of the cab, (laughs) which is probably actually, like, a thesaurus crime, but does feel very much like the way that Tobias would describe something. Because he's an indoor kid who just reads all the time. (laughs) Exactly. And as we've learned, or as we've learned or are going to learn at some point in this book, uh, he just kind of, like, sits in on trees and, like, reads over people's shoulders as they read, like, uh, Nora Roberts or, like, Stephen King, so. It was so, it's such a good detail. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah he, he specifically calls out that he's read a lot of John Grisham, Stephen King, and Nora Roberts. Yeah. Which just made me <laughs> really delighted. Um, I just give, get him a, get that boy, like, a paperback set of just, like, 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 airport books you know yeah absolutely (laughs) um oh my god him and cassie like bonding over just pulp romance novels yes (laughs) (laughs) be so good cassie's like rachel read some of these you cannot tell her i told you (laughs) don't mention these don't even mention anything that sounds like the title (laughs) device is like "Mm." (laughs) cute um so they end up at this place called Frank Safari Land in Putt Putt Gulf. Um, yeah, it's like this the one of those terrible little zoos you see by the or like animal attraction tourist traps you see on the side of highways. Mm-hmm. Um, and very quickly, Rachel is like glad that Cassie isn't here because she would immediately make us liberate all the animals. And I was reading this in a cafe with a giant coffee in front of me and was like super over caffeinated and my heart like nearly just exploded because <laughs> I was like I love Cassie she'd be like fuck our mission we have to free all these animals and that would be the rest of the book yep and it's it's really interesting 
because they they describe very carefully like how unhappy all of the animals are and it gets to the point where even rachel is like fuck this um which i really like i i i find these in books so interesting from like an animal welfare advocate perspective mm-hmm. because they seem to be really careful about like the difference between keeping animals uh in captivity to save them and versus like something like this where they're actively being harmed mm-hmm. uh which is just cool to to read because i think that's something that still doesn't get talked about all that much um but basically, to 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 get into this zoo, Rachel steals the guards' toupee <laughs> and just runs away with it. Yeah. Oh, God, I love her. Um, yes. Yeah, then she throws it on the crocodiles, I think. Um, yes. Which is fun. Mm-hmm. Or the alligators. You know, there's a difference between them, but it's not important to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> At this point, I unfortunately wrote down, I have a crush on the mysterious artsy animal and alien loving cousin. Because they see Arya, and basically they they the um this zoo Frank the zoo man has captured uh, the baby Horkbajir, mm-hmm. um and has 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 him locked up. Yeah. And Arya comes in and is like all mysterious, and I was like, listen, I know this isn't going to end well for me, but I'm going to live in my truth and write down that I have a crush on her, <laughs> and it's fine. Yeah. And she definitely, like, hints very heavily that she knows it's an alien. And Tobias and Rachel are like, hmm. <laughs> Suspicious. What could <laughs> this mean? <laughs> oh, my God. And now I'm just think- thinking about their-, their reasoning for why, like, it's not. Like, she's not, like, involved with anything. And it's very dumb. And they're just very dumb. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was still really hoping that there would be some... You know, this, these, I will, I like so much credit to this series and Capelgate that I still often don't know whether something is, I, I know that things aren't going to work out, but I don't know if it's because the person is evil or because the person is good, but the world is right. evil. <laughs> oh, you it's know? so fun. Isn't, isn't Animorphs a fun series? <laughs> it's great. It's like, ultimately things will be bad, but will it be tragic? Will it be bad? Like, uh maliciously or will it be bad tragically (laughs) let's find out (sighs) yeah basically everyone meets up and ax starts getting super mad at cassie's science homework um after they they sort of like discuss everything that they've learned and then the kids start doing homework and tobias is like all right homework and ax gets so mad at cassie's science homework and cassie gives him the most gentle amazing shut the fuck up that i've mm-hmm. ever heard because he's like axe is getting so riled up like that's not even how gravity works blah 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 and something that the andalites call the seventh force blah, blah, blah. and cassie like puts her hand on his arm and is like axe it must be so hard not having anyone around to discuss things at your level and axe is like no it's <laughs> hold on it's not that, that he just like doesn't know when to shut up <laughs> And that's truly Cassie being like, I don't give a shit, ass. <laughs> hey, bud, I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, my God. But in the most loving Cassie way possible. I love Axe so much because, like, I know. Part, like he has a kind of a – well, he, I don't know if he still does. He kind of has a little bit of a superiority thing. But I think mostly he just, like, can't not info dump ever. 
So it's totally, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, here's all the things I know about the thing you're talking about. <laughs> I know. It's so good. We get a little bit of that later when we see that the Yurks have built a giant gun and Axe is like, I'm so embarrassed for them how big that gun is. <laughs> if they knew anything about anything, they could have a gun that's just that powerful but smaller. Uh, what a faux pas. <laughs> He's such a bitch. <laughs> Oh my god, and it's so good. Ugh. Um, so essentially, they decide to go rescue this uh this baby Horkbashir from the zoo, and Ra- <laughs> I love Rachel in this moment. Rachel and Tobias again, such good moments. Um, because their plan involves basically shutting off the power, and then Rachel knocks down the wall behind the cage that they're keeping the Horkbashir in, mm-hmm. and then t- um Tobias and Horkbashir morph can rescue the kid. And Rachel's like, uh, Tobias, did Jake say to knock down one wall or, like, a bunch of walls? Because, like, I, d- I feel like I didn't hear him right. I feel like I, I don't remember which one he said. And Tobias is like, Rachel, you know what he said. But it is dark out. So, it's like, no one would blame you for getting confused. <laughs> <laughs> They're so much fun. It's They're just so, so much fun. Oh, my God. And there's I a, want them to team up all the time. I know. I just love it's it's the perfect like Tobias has just enough like of a of a sense of responsibility that he's like, okay, well we should get shit done, but he doesn't have the like hard code of a Jake. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, whatever. <laughs> as long as shit gets done, it gets done. Yeah. And I feel like he's so much more like him like like willing to have fun around Rachel like oh my god totally yeah like he's like so serious I feel like he matches he mostly matches the tone of other people he's around like when he's around acts it's very serious you know um and uh but but when he's around Rachel he definitely like is at her level you know yeah it's It's great Mm -hmm. it's so good there is a I just want to call it one moment from this morph because Rachel turns into the elephant um, and which Tobias takes a moment to be like, BT dubs, I don't find her morphing into an elephant to be attractive. So calm down. Um, but there's a moment where Rachel's like grinning at him. And then as she's smiling, her teeth turn into tusks, mm-hmm. which is so terrifying to picture that I'm obsessed with it. It's amazing. Like, so, so, so good. And um, she also, the last thing to morph is her hair so for a second she looks like an elephant in a wig which is very good and i also like a sort of a cinematic parallel to her dropping the toupee on the alligator <laughs> like <laughs> I, just, I have no idea how intentional that was but i just I, I would love if um like they as rachel like left the frame as her elephant in a wig form you just like zoom in to the background and you see the alligator still like in the <laughs> in the mud with a toupee yeah on. just kind of padding around yeah me yeah, too it's fan. good you should direct the <laughs> the movie adaptation hell yes um, i would love to it'd be like five hours long it sure would baby <laughs> hbo get at me <laughs> game of thrones is almost over right thank god uh <laughs> 
send us angry tweets about Game of Thrones. I will not read them. I refuse to engage even on an angry <laughs> level. I'm mad that I just brought send- it up. Um, no, just send them directly to the Wonder Years Twitter. You're not, lo- you're not connected to that, so it's nope. fine. <laughs> I li- you're not allowed. <laughs> you're not allowed. Um, yeah, and then, of course, controllers are there to get the baby Hork-Bajir. Mm-hmm. Um, Tobias, as a Hork-Bajir, tries to, like unlock the cage of the baby hork and Marco's oh, yeah. like whoa Tobias this is not a job for hork this is a job for a uh, monkey with delicacy and patience so please stand back and then just rips the cage open <laughs> I <laughs> love Marco stupid so <laughs> stupid dumb stupid book stupid boy yep yep all of that and uh yeah Tobias scoops up the baby and runs out directly into viscer three like pretty much like face plants into his chest (laughs) and there's um uh, there's a really really good Mm -hmm. um viscer three alien morph here he basically turns into like something that has a seahorse face but eight legs yeah and is green and spits acid (laughs) i love the aliens in these books they're just like they feel so procedurally generated. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, they would totally fit into like a spore game. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we get great Visser 3 monologuing where cuz he thinks Tobias is a regular Hork-Bajir. He's like, "Stupid Hork-Bajir, you d- you don't even know how to be smart enough to understand that my morph is cool. Stupid. I'm I'm brilliant and I look great as an alien. You can't even appreciate it." <laughs> it's like, "Okay, Visser 3." <laughs> I love Visser 3 so much. I know. Me I mean, too. I know I know we had like a whole conversation about it last episode. Um, but he like every time he says anything, I'm like, you are peak camp villain. I know. It's like the best thing ever. I um, like yeah, absolutely. And Tobias manages to really actually take a bite out of him at this point, because Visser 3 is basically like, hey, surrender. And Tobias is like, okay. And then chops off three of Visser 3's legs, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, way to go. <laughs> I really am interested if Capplegate is, like, a vegan or anything, because there's so many moments in this book particularly where Tobias does something like, um, I technically have the choice to morph back into a human, and then I would never have to kill to eat again, well, I'd never have to do my own killing. And then when he, he when he thinks somebody is judging him for eating roadkill, he's like, what? You fucking humans do it all the time. You go and you buy your prepackaged meat at the store. You never have to look your prey in its <laughs> eyes as it dies. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> I, think, I think if um, uh, Tobias ever like went perma-human again, he'd definitely be full vegan. Yeah, I think so. Because he so. definitely seems to have a distinct distaste for the fact that humans don't have to confront the fact that they are eating a dead animal <laughs> which like fair yeah but i i just i just love that he's like stupid whatever <laughs> yeah no totally yeah um i god i love him so much yeah no absolutely and <laughs> he we get some more angst but this one gets interrupted by axe who tries jokes again <laughs> Bless his heart. Which is my favorite. Tobias says, what's up? And Axe says something like, up is the opposite of down, 
well, when in the context of certain gravitational forces. And Tobias is like, excuse me? And Axe is like, that was a joke that I'm trying. Was it good? And Tobias is like, I wouldn't know. Uh, you should ask somebody else about jokes. Give me tips on my stand-up set, Tobias. I'm oh Axe. God. I want Axe to do a tight five so badly. Please, 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 please let one of their missions include an open mic night oh my God. where they all have to perform and like do a talent show and Axe can't control his body well enough to like do an instrument or juggle or anything. So he decides to do jokes. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> what would everyone's talent be? Um, I think, I think Marco like tries to do like... Magic. A whole like clown magic. I was gonna say like a clown thing. Oh my God. <laughs> Not with like the paint or anything because he didn't prepare to that level. But he's like, I can do clown shit. Sure. <laughs> I would. Yeah, I like that. And I also want him and Rachel to team up and try to do like a magician thing, but with like way too much physical comedy on Marco's part. Yeah. Um, and she's like doing gymnast <laughs> as oh, his no, assistant. No. It's like it's like they're they're like a magician and the assistant, but neither of them can like uh, agree on who's the magician and yes! who's the assistant. That's what it is. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, um. that would make me so happy. <laughs> um, uh, I think I think um, Cassie. Does poetry reading? Mm-hmm. Does a poetry reading and um, Jake play like plays guitar badly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sort of stumbled his way through a three chord song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just being like, oh shit, hold on, wait, oh, hold wait, on. fuck. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would make me so happy. Wait, 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 give me a second. Wait, wait. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> oh. Animorphs do talent show, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> My crops are dr- dying. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Axe and Tobias decide to stalk Arya more. Mm-hmm. Um, and she saves a kid from getting hit by a bus. Yeah. Which to them confirms she's not a controller. Um, and also, unfortunately, in my notes, also confirms that I have a crush on her. <laughs> I'm normal. Which now I'm thinking about that specifically in the context of what we know. Um, which it makes zero sense. <laughs> it makes zero sense. But also it's like, I guess, spoilers. If you're like listening to this podcast, like I assume that you've read the book or you, or you don't care about spoilers. Uh-huh. The, the idea of Visser 3 saving a kid. Like this, I mean, I assume he must know he's being watched. But also, would he care? It's just very strange. Yeah, that's ultimately how they think about it later when the, when the Visser 3 reveal happens they're like oh she must have been doing that um just to throw us off her trail but first of all your point secondly ha- was she just waiting for a kid to be in danger so she could like save it or like did Visser 3 come up with some elaborate plot to have a kid nearly die which is or- so funny <laughs> I hope it's that one. I really hope it's that one. <laughs> She's such a drama queen. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, it's it's that, and it's also just, like, such man- mundane plotting that, like, I'm, like, which involves saving a child's life that I'm, like, redemption arc when. 
it's so good. <gasps> and then the the Tobias angst very quickly turns into because he has like a moment of relief where he's like, oh my god, I wasn't even letting myself hope that I might actually have a family, but I might actually have a family, and that would mean maybe turning into a human forever. I don't know. Ah, I'm gonna go talk to Rachel, and then they argue about Tobias not accepting help, which is, like, really funny coming from Rachel. Right, yeah. <laughs> pot kettle, you know? Yeah. I think Animorphs is a lot of pot kettle, you know? <laughs> it's true. Um, and they, they finally, like, have the conversation about, um, like, Tobias is like, you saw me eating roadkill! And she's like, why the fuck would I care if you eat roadkill? <laughs> which is, like, a great point. Um... Yeah, she's like, what do I, the shit do I care? I just think you haven't been eating enough, dude. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> like, come it's on. so funny. Um, yeah, every time the roadkill comes up, I'm just, like, losing my mind. <laughs> no. <laughs> because it, it's just, like, it's, I mean, we've co- talked about it, but just to reiterate, so absurd. It's such a weird thing. It's, like, not even, like, like tragic or sad stuck or whatever. It's just, like, <laughs> talking about roadkill in this really dramatic way. It's really funny. Uh, yeah, tickles me. it's really good, and it's 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 one of those things that is like such an only in animorphs, right? Moment. Yeah, <laughs> like there's no other series really where you'd be like a serious plot or a serious character motivation is that my crush saw me eating a dead raccoon. Yeah, <laughs> on oh her God. way to school. <laughs> oh, dummies. Yeah, yeah, and so basically they decide. Okay, this is... I really love it when they contemplate all of the possibilities of what the Yerks and Visser 3 in general are up to. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they're like, okay, so probably since Visser 3 managed to capture the kid, he'll probably use him as a trap. And probably this and probably that. Like, I I like it because it makes... It's like... Overcomplicates things, but also I think is probably a more honest representation of what it would be like to fight this enemy because they can't ever really know for sure and they always have to guess. Yeah, Visser 3 just has very, like, unclear motivations, I think, a lot of the time that mostly seem to be fueling his own ego, which is just the best. Yeah. Um, But they go to to the Hork-Bajir and they're like, so this is what's happening, and they essentially decide to walk into this trap but Mm -hmm. try to flip it around. So instead of, because earlier, um, Toby, the seer, Hork-Bajir, had been like, well, we don't want to tell you where this facility is because we think that you'll destroy it. And it's the only way we have to, like, try to liberate people is by smuggling, like, liberate hork mm-hmm. is by smuggling them out. And now they've decided that the only thing they can do is attack because they won't be expecting the hork to know it's a trap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's slightly convoluted, but you know what? It's all convoluted. You know what? Yeah, that's fine. I'm okay and with it. Yeah. There's a great moment where Marco's like, cool, Toby, uh, meet Rachel. Y'all should go to therapy together. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they become bugs, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, they. Th- there's the only thing that I would point out before then is that Tobias talks to one of the free hork and it's one of the hork he fought when the hork was a controller. 
Um, oh, and he yeah, has like right, this yeah. rad ass, like a huge scar across his face. And Tobias is like, I'm sorry that I did that yeah. to you. And the Horkbeer is like, no, bud, thank you. Like I had a yerk and now I'm free and it's great. And that was like a really interesting, like coming face to face with your enemy. And I think that it really works together with like the long running moral dilemma of ki- whether killing controllers is valid or not. Right. Yeah. Is this morally okay? Yeah, um, it's it's a lot of like, yeah, discussions of I mean, it's Tobias. So, of course, it's going to be framed in the sort of context, but like predators versus prey and like, mm-hmm. like, um, is it like the morality like inherent in that? Like mm-hmm. when you have to kill something to survive, is it still like morally acceptable, basically? Yeah, he he goes into this thing where he's talking about how animals don't have an ethical dilemma when they have to kill something because it's just they're just running on instinct and so he goes well maybe humans can be forgiven for running on instinct we are only animals after all but at the same time you know a hawk doesn't have philosophy and doesn't have the choice to do the good thing doesn't have the choice to not kill when Mm -hmm. they don't have to Um, so maybe that's the difference. Like maybe that's what's important for humans Mm -hmm. is that we have the choice. Um, uh, which is really, again, just one of those moments where I was like, this is a book for children and I'm so happy that this is being discussed. Right. It's like, can we please teach like animorphs in like college philosophy classes? Legit. Like, yeah. Unironically, like it's really cool. It's really good. And oh, there's a moment where, um, because he's talking about, they're all talking about how the Hork-Bajir want to make sure that they're strong for when the war is over because of the thing where they don't know if they can trust humans. And Tobias thinks about whether a human scout troop would accept like a little Hork-Bajir kid. Mm-hmm. And in a move that really surprised me for a book in 1998, of course, they talk about like, oh yeah, humans historically... Um, haven't accepted people of like different skin color and religion and stuff but he explicitly points out that boy scouts freak out when a kid is gay yeah which surprised me for 1998 right um um but i think is really cool mm -hmm. uh yeah no i i yeah i i I think it's cool and also i think it's uh obviously like none of them are gonna like canonically come out but like i think it's interesting that Tobias thinks about this, you know? Absolutely, yeah. That was definitely a thought I had as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, it also makes it interesting that, like, he, we talked about this last time. They're middle schoolers, so it's interesting that he has any sort of conception of something like that. Um, not, like, unrealistic, but I think sure. telling, you know? That he would There's... be, like, interested in these kind of things. Yeah, no, totally. It's really, this book talks a lot because it, because the entire, like, heart of it is talking about whether humans can accept things when historically we're so bad at it. Mm -hmm. Um, Rachel explicitly calls out that Cassie and Jake might have struggles because they're in an interracial relationship. Yeah, I was like, wow, that is like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Because basically she was like, Tobias, we can't date. You're a bird. Some people have trouble with Jake and Cassie because he's white and she's black, but those people are all stupid. But yeah. <laughs> but the bird human thing is a bigger problem. <laughs> which is really good. So um so yeah, then they're like 
well then they're bugs then they're bugs um i <laughs> jake says a really funny thing when they're like arguing about like what bug to turn into uh jake is like i got slapped <laughs> as a fly uh <laughs> the narration there being uh like that was helpful and i'm like be easy on him <laughs> He's doing his best. Because Marco's like, I don't want to turn into a bug. I nearly get killed as almost every fucking bug that we turn into. And Jake's like, I nearly got killed as a bug. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that's well, bud, fearless leader. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's going to be one of your better speeches. (laughs) No, but the phrasing is like, I got slapped as a fly. I got slapped as a fly. (laughs) Very good. Uh. So and, funny. Yeah, and then they they get caught on purpose. Yep. Um, captured on purpose. Classic. <laughs> captured on purpose. Classic gambit. <laughs> and uh, Tobias also turns into a Horkbajir again. Um, and I love this this bluff. It's so good. He walks up to one of the Horkbajir controllers or one of the other controllers, um, and says, "They want to see you." And the controller says, who? And Tobias just says, they. And then the controller yeah. gets really nervous. And Tobias is like, that's one thing you can always count on in this goddamn world. There's always a they who wants to speak to you and get yeah. you in trouble. Oh. So he just social maneuvers the key. <laughs> and lets everybody out. And they all morph. And there's a great moment where they're all ready to go. And then there's like an awkward silence. And Marco's like, Rachel? And Rachel's like, oh shit, sorry, I was distracted. Let's do it! <laughs> and Marco's like, fuck yeah, we can't move into action until our crazy Xeno Warrior princess shouts at yes. us. <laughs> oh, they're... You know what? Sometimes they have fun. <laughs> they sure do. In this book, they have a surprising amount of fun. Especially considering how dark the last three were. Uh, um. Yes. Oh my god, so true. Yeah. And even how, like, pretty fucked up this one is, ultimately. Yeah, but it's, like, that's, like, in, like, Tobias's interior life. The, ex- the exterior sure. stuff, like, Marco can still do Marco stuff. So Yeah, no, that's very um, true. And this is the point where we learn that Arya is a morph of Visser 3, because Visser 3 rides on in in a helicopter. Tobias realizes it's Visser 3 and realizes that it's Arya in the helicopter and Tobias has a complete fucking breakdown. It is. Um, it's hard to read. Really, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. It's like just complete like, well, talking about himself, as I recall, like it kind of in the third, per- per- well, like second person. Is, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's yelling at himself. Like, yeah. In third, in third person, like using his name. Yeah. Yeah. And like calling himself worthless and like an idiot. Um, like, it's it's tough um and he basically just lets himself fall like he's flying and he's like fuck it i got nothing i'm sure my friends need me but like what am i gonna do i'm useless Mm -hmm. and just like falls down um and gets rescued by the little hork um who like gives him to rachel and they managed to get home i kind of like how this part is delivered because tobias is like later i learned that the fight didn't go very well um and it's all like but they they kind of breeze over it because it's really not the point right (laughs) um the point is tobias dealing with his feelings and cassie like checks him over and is like tobias where did you get hit he's like i didn't except in my feelings (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like, oh, buddy. <gasps> Baby boy. Yeah. Uh. And, yeah, and they realize that it's his birthday. Uh, so he has to go to the lawyer to, you know, figure everything out. And he's he's talking about how he knows it's a trap. And he's like, if they figure out I'm an Animorph, they're going to get Jake. Because, well, Jake was my only friend. Right. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Tobias is, like, the saddest, like, person alive. It's so true. <laughs> Toby. <laughs> Toby. Um. Okay, and then we get the twist. Yeah. The weirdest fucking thing to ever happen. Um, I couldn't believe it as I was reading it. There was like, no, this is fake. And then it went on for long enough that I was like, well, fuck me. (laughs) Also, there's just like so many why here. Um, So we basically learn that Elfengor is also Tobias's dad. Yeah, um, who was living as a human named Alan Fanger. Yeah, which makes him... Which makes Tobias Axe's nephew. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird... That was... I was very much like, well, this is a Star Wars, like, Skywalker situation right now. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> We've got a little bit of Luke Leia business going on. It's fine. <laughs> so crazy. Um, and they just... But, like, both of these people are... Okay, so it's, it's the lawyer and Arya, the cousin. And um, they're both controllers. Like Arya's Visser three, yeah. And I'm like, why are you telling this kid this? Like, and yeah. I guess the reasoning is like, he might be like a warrior they can recruit or something, like someone worth making a controller. And they eventually decide that he's just like too pathetic to become yeah. a controller, which is like, oof. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's rough. Um, but also, but I don't the... know. It's very strange. It's so weird because so this letter <laughs> is like, hi. I'm your dad. I'm also an alien. I had to go away to do alien business. Um, which, imagine if Tobias didn't know <laughs> what was going on. Well, I feel like he would have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that's kind of the reaction he tries to, like, create. You know? Yeah. He's like, wow, he, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. He very much is like, he says that um, it's kind of a weird... Uh, point he points out earlier in the book he's like i don't make facial expressions anymore because hawks don't make facial expressions which i understand on a certain level because there are there's a certain amount of expressiveness that is socially mandated and we learn that is learned but there's also a certain amount of expressiveness that is like instinctive that i don't know would be overridden by okay. being a bird i think that but is, i don't know so i relate to that but i think that's kind of just an us thing because i also me and roswell were talking about this recently and he's like you are such an expressive person like mm-hmm. whenever you see something funny you literally laugh out loud and i just don't do that and i was like that is so bizarre so i think it might just be like a person to person thing also because like when he's i've like sat in the same room with him while he's been browsing the internet before and he's like, oh, look at this. This is so funny. And I'm like, you didn't laugh at all at it. How am I supposed to know that it's funny? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, no, I think that's probably, it does vary person to person. Um, but there's also, like, people who straight up cannot control their reactions to stuff. Right. Like, like even when they try. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I guess I guess that's that's because I'm definitely a very expressive person. Same. Obviously, me too. Like there's... I was taller, so I was I was literally alone in my house, just like 
hollering at my laptop while I was reading this book. So that kind of just like to sort of like give you a window into how I interact with stuff. Yeah, I was in a cafe in public and still made reactions out loud. <laughs> also, there's a picture of me from a wedding this past weekend crying because I saw a really small spoon. Um, so, you know. You know, normal <laughs> I guess stuff. I'm, I'm, coming at it, I'm coming at it from a slightly biased perspective. Um, I love, so Arya's uh, excuse as to why she's no longer going to take Tobias in once she's decided that he's once they've decided that he's a not a threat and b not worth recruiting um Arya's like um I did want to take you in but I've been called back to Africa to do a reshooting of some lions (laughs) it's like okay (laughs) Mr. 3 thinks he's so slick he sure does (sighs) And we wrap up with Tobias um, acquiring, this is honestly weird, but like really beautiful and like I thought surprisingly poignant um, as a way to wrap up this entire thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where Tobias basically, earlier he had been talking about how... uh, a certain like people would often would would probably think it was weird if he ate the baby bunnies instead of the mother bunny but logically if he eats one of the babies or if he eats the mother all of the babies die anyway and if he eats the baby then the mother can go on to then reproduce again and mm-hmm. how he this wraps around is that he catches the mother acquires it eats it then becomes the mother bunny to protect the kids from this other hawk um and basically Which, talks fine, about it sure <laughs> yeah it's it's like very weird but he talks about it as like how this is it's it's implied that this is some more like elemist uh shenanigans sure. kind of yeah which that motherfucker just <laughs> just sticks around and yeah it's got nothing um, better to do yeah and he talks about how like the most human thing is to be the amalgamation of predator and prey mm-hmm. and how that's like the message that he was supposed to be getting this entire time uh yeah it's i just uh i love him i love him so much <laughs> I, love him. I love him and cassie i love their books so much mm-hmm. we have a cassie book next how exciting is that oh i'm so excited yeah, yeah. i just both of them I mean, it's 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 just so many of the things I love most about Animorphs are the ones that the, the stuff and just things I love about like science fiction in general get explored most with Cassie, Tobias and Axe. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah. Oh, and then uh, Rachel comes over. And says, oh, yeah. Then remember. Tobias uh goes and wakes Rachel up and she's like I'm always getting fucking woken up by birds you asshole and then lights a birthday cake for him <laughs> I love I love that yeah. um, but yeah so Tobias cool. is half Andalite sort of <laughs> which he's is not he's full human but um, there has to be like I'm sure we'll learn more about it later but also, like, there has to be something more than that. 
it's or maybe not i don't know i don't know there's there's definitely this makes me think of the first episode of the tv show where elfanger and tobias had a really strong connection um and i there's like no given reason why mm-hmm. like as elfanger was dying he and tobias like had a really long moment mm-hmm. uh i guess this is why yeah yeah <laughs> And Tobias even calls out earlier when he, like, learns that Elfangor is his dad. He's like, I wonder if he knew, like, as I was, like, beside him while he was dying. So now Tobias also has to process that he just saw his father die in front of him. Right. That's cool. It's cool being Tobias, isn't it? Dope. Just add that onto the pile. (laughs) Yeah. God. All right. Well, um, so we got one question in uh, Mm -hmm. from at whatiscosplay on Twitter, who asks a bunch of things. Um... I neither of us are big comics persons, but I think I'll, like, give the, the, the one part of the question at least a read just to, like, say, we recognize the fact that you asked this question to us. Yeah. Um, how would the DC Super Team, uh, the Birds of Prey, deal with becoming Animorphs? Because I talked about Birds of Prey in the questions. And um, I, I'm just going to say they, just by name alone, seem pretty well suited to it. Yeah, that seems like they'd be like, cool, we're, we can be bird now. Yeah. I'm um, assuming. <laughs> yeah, probably. Is Catwoman a furry? And the answer to that is obviously yes. I don't know. I go back and forth on whether superheroes who have animal things are furries. I think that it's different for each of them. I don't know about Catwoman specifically. She does seem to exhibit, like, a lot of cat behaviors unnecessarily. Yeah. I would say uh, if she's not a furry, then she's other kin of cats. Yeah. It's yeah. one of the two. I think um, that's legit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, what is cosplay says, uh, because I'm sitting through for sitting through a very boring lecture on the properties of soil, uh, one slash if they get into college slash uni, uh, which classes would the Animorphs try and fail to pay attention to? Which is, uh, I don't know if a question we can specifically answer, but I'm curious of what you think like their majors would be. Oh, interesting. Um, I mean, I feel like Cassie's is either something in sort of like veterinary science or like marine biology or something similar to that. Absolutely. That's what I'd I think. Definitely something biology. I don't think Marco would go to college personally. I think he would probably try. <laughs> um, and I don't think would get very far. Yeah. Um, Tobias, assuming he's human, gets a philosophy degree absolutely he does he also he also stays in school the longest out of all of them oh yeah like gets like a bunch of degrees does his master's like yeah all of them have had jobs for 10 years and he's like guys i'm gonna graduate for real next year um it's like but but they just opened a phd program in my like (laughs) field of study so you know we'll see how that shakes out yeah um um, see rachel do we know any of her like I mean, academic interests? Rachel's a good student. It's said like a couple times that Rachel's a really good student. I would assume she would get in on like a sports scholarship of some kind. Right. Yeah. But I don't know what she would actually study. I mean, it would be great if she went into like fashion. Yeah. Like she because you could totally do like do fashion design or illustration or something. Mm-hmm. While also do, doing, like, gymnastics or volleyball or whatever. Right. I think that would be great. It's also canon that Jake is a bad student. <laughs> so I think that he would also 
be a bad student in college, probably. I think he just, like, is switching majors, like, constantly. Oh, my God. That's absolutely what it is. Yeah. Yeah. He declares, like, four times in a year. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> which is, like, how does this even happen? Because it's, like, you you switched your major three times in the semester. You realize you can't change classes. You're already this deep into the semester. He's, like, I just, <laughs> just, just getting ahead of it. Uh-huh. Jake. <laughs> Jake. Jacob. Buddy. I don't even know what he'd be interested in, though. Um, he's, he majors in fearless leader. He sure does. He's like, excuse me, may I please get my protagonist degree now? <laughs> I love to I love to fight evil and defend my friends. Is there is there like an anime I can enlist in, please? <laughs> oh. oh my god. Oh, my boy. Boy. Boys. So many of them. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode of The Wonder Yerks. Um, we will be back in two weeks with book 24, 25, um, 24. which is the, the Cassie one. Wait, is, do, is this book 23 or 24? 23. 23. So we'll be back with book 24. Um, yes. Um, but if you, in the interim, if you enjoyed this one, uh, follow us on Twitter at The Wonder Yerks. Or support us on Patreon uh, at patreon.com forward slash fearbaiting. I would pull up our donors list, but I switched browsers recently and it won't let me into the Patreon without like two level authentication. And I'm not about to do that while I'm podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we will get your next episode. Uh, but uh, yeah, for uh, $1 a month, you get um, uh, early access to episodes. Uh, for five dollars a month, you get your name read on the show and ability to take part in polls. And uh, ten dollars a month, you uh, get um, like a special message read on. No, that's five. Ten, you get to for fear baiting demand us watch a specific episode. Uh, speaking of fear baiting, uh, if you want to support our, if you want to listen to our sister podcast, uh, we do one about horror. Uh, me and Sarah do one about horror movies called Fear Baiting. Mosey on over there. You like horror movies? Mm-hmm. Um, it's coming up to Schlocktober, which yeah, is exciting. It's very exciting. Uh, Seda is making us a new theme for it, and uh, mm-hmm. we could not be more excited. Um, totally knocked out, out of the park last time, to the point that it is our constant <laughs> theme now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, if you want to find me on the internet, you can do so at Blair Kitch on Twitter or BlairKitch.tumblr.com where I scream about cartoon men. <laughs> it's all true. Can confirm. And I'm um, Seda. You can find me on Twitter at nudity with an E instead of a Y or you can check out my other podcast where I make little songs to solve little problems. At uh, It's called Music for Mole Hills and you can find it on Twitter at Musical Mole. Hell yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We'll, we'll see you uh, in two weeks. Um, but, uh, until then, uh, I have been, and for the foreseeable future, we'll continue to be Blair. And as far as I know, the same is me, also the same for Seda. And remember, keep your hand on this, Cthulhu device. That's our, that's our outtake.